Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today I'm joined by Nicole Acoin. Who's that? I'm so glad you asked. Nicole is part of our summer school series. So for the last few weeks, we've been doing ideas, episodes, interviews around some core concepts, things like writing a book, running a business, getting in shape, things that we get asked about all the time at the All It Takes a Goal podcast. Now, why did I ask Nicole to sit in for this interview? Well, Nicole is the founder of Healthy Steps Nutrition, CrossFit HSN, and HSN Mentoring. She believes something as fundamental as nutrition shouldn't be complicated, which is why she focuses on a simple habit-based approach when working with clients. The Healthy Steps Nutrition team has trained over 4,500 gym owners and coaches to deliver a professional nutrition coaching program, which has helped over 50,000 people worldwide make health, a way of life. She also hosts two podcasts, Nutrition Made Simple and Grow Your Nutrition Business. I was actually on her podcast, which was super fun. We met in Chicago. We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll jump into really two different types of goals. One is how do you get in shape? And the other is how do you run a business? Because she does both things in a really excellent way. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. But first, a quick word from the sponsor of today's episode. Quick question. What if you could guarantee the success of your goals? No, seriously. The book you want to write? Guaranteed. The business you want to start? Guaranteed. The exercise plan you want to stick with? Guaranteed. What if no goal was off limits? It's possible with the Guaranteed Goals Community. The Guaranteed Goals Community is my first ever membership program where you'll find the courage, connection, and most importantly, the community you need to win all your goals. Ever since I started hosting online challenges with tens of thousands of people from around the world, the number one request people sent me was for a private, non-Facebook community where we can all work on our goals together. That's why I created the Guaranteed Goals Community on a user-friendly platform where you won't be overwhelmed with endless dance videos, silly reels, and dog memes. Inside this community, in addition to learning my fail-proof formula for achieving goals, you'll get access to a massive course library, check-ins with my team for accountability, the chance to win awesome prizes, 12 VIP Q&A sessions with me, the ability to team up with other members who are working on similar goals as you, and so much more. A year from now, I want you to be thankful for the way you invested in yourself and your goals today. Join me at acuff.me slash goals. That's A-C-U-F-F dot M-E backslash goals. I'll see you there. All right, let's jump into my interview with Nicole Acoin. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me today. I think we're gonna have a really fun conversation. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and we actually met in Chicago. I met you and your husband um, at yeah. Global Leadership Summit. And I forget exactly how I said it, but when you guys <laughs> came up to me, I was like, so you guys own a gym, right? Is that, is that what's going on here? Is that, that's the first thing I said, right? I think you said something along the lines of what else do you do besides workout? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, because you guys are both in crazy good shape. And it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, I think we've got probably mutual connections. Like we had a conversation. We know some of the same people in Nashville. Um, I met somebody just the other day that helps put on your events. Um, I was in Atlanta and his production company was putting on an event. And he said, hey, you know, Nicole, right? And so 
It was fun to see you and your husband overlap with a lot of my life too. But the reason I wanted to talk to you on my podcast, All It Takes is a Goal, is you're somebody who I've seen accomplish a ton of goals, um, both in the health space and in the business space. And I thought it'd be fun to ask you a couple of questions about your approach. So are you ready to just jump in? Sounds good. My first question is, were you always goal focused? Like, were you one of these kids that you're like, when I was in the third grade, I was a Girl Scout and I crushed every other Girl Scout in my community because I set up corners and, or did you learn how to kind of embrace goals later on in life? What was the process like for you? So nothing came easy to me when I was younger. Like I wasn't the smartest kid in the room. I did gymnastics. My sister was better than me and I always just worked really hard and I had encouragement from my parents. So I, I definitely was a high achiever and wanting to accomplish things, but I was, it, nothing ever came easy. So I had to work. <laughs> so you didn't feel like there was some gigantic talent you had that you just tapped into. It was more, I have to do the extra effort. Yes. I would stay up late and study, practice extra, get private lessons. Like I wasn't afraid to, to work hard. Um, even like getting into school at UF, like I didn't get in right away and mm-hmm. I didn't have a backup plan. Like I had no other school that I applied to, to go to college. And I was like, okay, I'm going to appeal this and I'm going to pray, hope that the best comes. And then yeah. literally got in. And the next day was cheerleading tryouts. Luckily I made that team uh, the first time. I uh, out, but in Gainesville? Mm-hmm, you at have, UF. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But yeah, just. Hard work, I guess. (laughs) So you get, let's talk about that. You, I guess this, do you get a letter? Is this back in the days where like there was paper and people, they mailed your letter and was like, yeah, you're not coming to the University of Florida. And you're like, well, we'll see about that. I had you like, did you have that? Or were your parents like, hey, when you get knocked down, like get back up? Were there some family mantras you relied on? Or did you just have that kind of like that go get them spirit? Both of my parents were entrepreneurs. So my mom was a super successful dentist in Daytona beach. And, um, ironically, like getting even into, I did the IV program in high school. I didn't get into that the first time around. My mom like fought Mm -hmm. for me to be able to get in and I got in, did well in that school. So yeah, it was like, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm going to figure out a way to, to make this work. And yeah, get flexible with your approach. <laughs> well, and it's funny you say that about your mom. I don't think a lot of people look at dentists at entrepreneurs, but they 100% are. You're a CEO. Like yeah. great dentists have to be great CEOs and you're you're 100% right. What was your what type of entrepreneur was your dad? So he actually owned a dental practice where he like made the teeth. So like my mom's office was in the front yeah. and my dad's office was in the back. Uh, yeah, so they worked together, which has luckily worked out. My husband and I worked together too. So I think I probably took some things from that. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like you had a foundation for that. What do you think are the keys to having a shared goal with a spouse? Because there's not like Jenny and I, we do a ton of certain work together, but there's also stuff where she's like, no, you need a team to do that. Because I don't want to, I don't want to, like she, she joked, she was like, you need an assistant. It's not me just so we're clear. And I was like, okay, okay. So what are, what have been some of the things you guys have learned being married and, and working together on an entrepreneur dream? Oh my goodness. There are so many lessons that we have learned. Cause the truth is, is I started healthy steps nutrition before I met my husband. So mm-hmm. we didn't start it together. 
Uh, he worked at the fire department. He was a captain and we opened the gym together, but he was still working at the fire department. So he would like come in every third day, coach a shift and then leave. And it mm-hmm. wasn't, he wasn't super into it, into helping people, into coaching, not into the business side. Yeah. And it got to a point where I started traveling more to speak at different CrossFit events for nutrition. And I was like, man, we're not going to have a really great relationship. If I am Mm -hmm. speaking, we've got the kids and we've got these other businesses. I'm not going to be able to do it all. And he wasn't super happy at the fire department. So he left. And then Mm -hmm. we started working together. It was a unique experience at the beginning because he didn't have a lot of um, knowledge on the tech side. So I'd be Mm -hmm. like, Hey, just do this thing. And he'd be like, "What? whoa, 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 what the heck are you talking about? So we work really well together. He's a sounding board. Um, his strengths are not my strengths, so we can work mm-hmm. really well. But I think it was learning to stay in our own lanes. Like, hey, you're doing this, and I'm not going to go over and try to micromanage this. And you're going to kind of mm-hmm. stay in. I'm going to stay in my lane. You stay in your lane. And it's worked worked out pretty well. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Yeah, you could definitely tell that you guys have a great partnership from the times we've been able to interact. So... I feel like there's two goals that we could talk about specifically in the summer school series. And I I mentioned that to you before we started talking. One is exercise. If somebody, you know, wants to get in shape, what they can do. And the other is running a business because you both, as you just mentioned, you do both of those um, with a real uh, level of excellence. Um, It was fun to see in your bio that you've trained over 4,500 gym owners. Like that's an amazing statistic. That's, that's really, really cool. So maybe we'll start with some of the, how do I kind of get in shape? If you had to say, you know what, it's the summer, people are listening to this and they want to get in shape, whatever their definition of it is, what are the three things that tend to trip people up? Like if I, you know, if I decided I want to have a different lifestyle, I want to get in shape, what are some of the three roadblocks that maybe they run into? I think the biggest roadblock and it goes into all aspects of life and business is you have this goal, but you don't create a plan. It's like, I want to get in shape, but then I'm not going to actually map out the plan of how I'm going to get there. When am I going to work out? What days am I going to go? Where am I going to do it? Am I going to block it out as a time, as a meeting? And I also don't think that people understand how important exercise is for not just your physical health, but your mental health. Like I know for me, I'm a better person. I show up to work better. Mm-hmm. I'm more productive when I work out in the morning. Like you and I both share a love yeah. or passion for CrossFit. Um, so you know, I think you have to create this plan and you need to commit to yourself. And likely it also means finding an accountability partner to commit to too. So mm-hmm. I work out with our pastor in the morning. She actually was at Global Leadership Summit too. And yes, I show up for myself, but I really also show up for her. Like I'm not mm-hmm. gonna leave her hanging. And if you're looking to get into an exercise routine, I, I would start there. The other thing, the third thing I would say is don't bite off more than you can chew, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're going from couch, you don't need to go to couch to the CrossFit games. Like go couch, start walking for 30 minutes every day yep. and then eventually get connected and, and do push yourself a little bit more. But you don't need to go to zero to 100. You're going to feel way too sore and mm-hmm. you're probably not going to stick with it. <laughs> Do you, why do you think people have a hard time with that? Is it that we want faster results? Um, is it that we're impatient? Is it that it doesn't sound enough and we see people online and it's like that person runs a hundred miles or does planks for 42 hours in a row? Like what, you know, cause I think we, in, I think we know in our heads 
you should go from couch to walk and from walk to jog and from jog to run. Like, I, I think we know that. Why do you think people struggle with that? We live in this microwave society. We want everything yesterday. And it's, that's not really how it works to get in shape. And I, the other piece of the puzzle is there are so many factors that also influence your ability to exercise well and recover. Like nutrition is my passion. That's how we started Healthy Steps Nutrition. And if you don't understand how you feel, your body is going to um, help you feel better, help you recover better, help you sleep better. Mm -hmm. You know, the exercise is one piece, but I would venture to say nutrition and the sleep component are more important than going to a CrossFit class. Well, CrossFit is great. <laughs> is the nutrition the one, do you meet people that are like, hey, because they always say you can't exercise, can't out exercise a bad diet. It's a, it's a common phrase. Where, where does the light turn on for people when it comes to changing nutrition? Because I get that. Like there's been times in my life when I've been like, I'll just outrun this. And it's like, well, if you didn't eat these certain foods as much or in the same way, you wouldn't need to run as much. Like where, where's the light bulb come on for people where they get nutrition? You have to make the healthy choice the easy choice. Ah, and that's good. That's good. You have to make the healthy choice the easy choice. I love that. I think the the thing that I like to start off with clients is, hey, where are we starting from? And going back to the same thing with exercise, you can't go from a poor eating routine to a 100% perfect eating routine. Like that's mm. too many steps at one time versus, hey, let's just start off with adding more vegetables in. Let's get consistent with that one mm. thing. And then let's start adding in something else. Let's make sure that our plate is balanced, pair protein, carbs, and fats together. I think social media has ruined a lot of people. They see someone with abs and they're like, okay, if I follow exactly what they eat, then I'm going to get those abs mm -hmm. too. When in reality, you don't need to go that restrictive. And if it's too hard, you're not going to sustain those results. Like how many times can you try the same diet that worked the first time? It didn't really work if you're having to do it again. Like mm -hmm. we have to create habits that are building blocks to this lifestyle. And when I talk about with clients and coaches about making the healthy choice, the easy choice. It's what does your environment look like? If you have a plate of cookies on the table and you're walking by those every single day or at your office, there's a bunch of junk food and you're walking by that. That's not making the healthy choice, the easy choice, right? Like you have to use a lot of willpower to say no to that. And your brain only has so much willpower to give out. Now you're not going to be as productive with the other things. So, um, we have to set our environment up for success, have vegetables ready to go, have foods that are healthy, ready to go. And we also need a strong support system too, right? Like if you're, if Jenny didn't eat well and didn't like to eat healthy food, it would be way tougher for you to eat healthy consistently or vice versa. Yeah. And a lot of times we see that, right? Someone is trying to get healthy and the other person is not on the same page. And they're like, hey, let's go out for wings and pizza every single day or whatever the case may be. And it's super tough to say no. Eventually, you're not going to say no. And then you fall back into old habits. When you, when you think about, you mentioned social media. Do you have like a handful of things that when you see them on social media, you're like, oh, that is nonsense. Like, because I do. Like, I, you know, some of the ones I talk about is like when somebody says, uh, 
you know, when you declare your goals, the universe supports you. I'm like, the universe doesn't care about you. Like the universe is not like, oh my gosh, I got to help Sean. Or like when somebody says, sometimes you have to jump off a cliff and grow wings on the way down. And I think that's never how gravity works. Like that's, you should have a plan. You don't have to light your, your whole house on fire to get motivated. Like that's chaos behavior. Are there common kind of cliches, mantras, approaches, whatever that you see them online, you're like, oh, that's not going to help anybody. Um, That's actually going to cause more damage than it does good. So when I look at people who talk about nutrition or healthy eating, if it's super restrictive or they're absolutes, it pulls up a red flag for me. Like you can't have this, you can't have that. While, you know, I truly believe in eating more whole foods, having a treat once in a while is totally okay. So putting rules around nutrition and health is not going to be a supportive environment to set you up for success long-term. It's just going to make you, if I can't tell you can't have a cookie, all of a sudden you're going to figure out and think about how, 10 different ways to you're get a cookie really when you get one. Yeah. And then when you get one, you'll probably overconsume the amount of cookies that you eat anyway. So it's just have the dang cookie and then move on hmm. um, is one thing I would say. And then the pills the supplements, the MLMs, it's like, there's not a quick fix. Like there just isn't. Now there are different medications out there now that will help with rapid weight loss. But what happens when you stop that medication? If you don't change the habits that got you there in the first place, you're going to gain all the weight back. Like you have to focus on that solid foundation to ultimately set you up for long-term success. I I love that. Yeah. And I I think you're right. The sense of I mean, my version of that with writing books is that there's not a shortcut other than writing. Like I have to, I tweeted that the other day that like, I have devastating news. I'm working on my <laughs> book and the only way to write books is still to write. Like it's, yeah. it's very disappointing, but that's, and, and once you kind of make peace with that, then you can go, okay, I'll do the little things. I'll do the little things. So when somebody says to you, okay, I want to get in shape and I've got this goal, whatever the goal is. What are some of the things you mentioned, like you've got to have a plan, like the next step is you have a plan. What would you say is how you give them some steps to a plan? What are the steps along kind of the Nicole plan, if you will? So the first step is, um, the first step is meeting clients where they're at. So figuring out Mm -hmm. what are you doing right now? What does a typical day look like? And then it's figuring out what makes the most sense that you can start now that you'll be really excited to work on that you can stay consistent with. And if you can stay consistent with it, you're going to see better results, right? So we want to start, meet the client where they're at, focus on one thing at a time, and then most importantly, create this plan. So it's not like, hey, we're going to talk about having a balanced breakfast and then assume that you know what a balanced breakfast is, you know what you're going to make, you're going to make it and all these things. It's, hey, let's, this is what you want to focus on having a balanced breakfast so that you can feel fueled throughout the day and have more focus, more energy. Then we're going to talk about what does that look like for you? Who's making it? Is, are you doing the grocery shopping? Is Jenny doing the grocery shopping? What, what does it actually look like? When can you start it? How many days? And then our coaches keep you accountable to that, right? So many times we have all these ideas, but if we're trying to do too many things at one time, we're not going to be able to be consistent at any of those things. So figure out the one thing, map out the plan, have a coach to keep you accountable. 
Would you say that people are surprised at how much you have to map? Like you just said breakfast and there were 1100 decisions. Like, is that part of it where we go, this should be simple. I'll just do like, cause I meet people that say, I'm going to change all the meals I eat. And you're like, Ooh, that feels like, cause I, you and I are, our, our stuff overlaps in the sense that I'm much more like, Hey, what's an easy goal look like right now? Like what's in, and let's build up, like let's build up mm -hmm. um, versus the like go bigger, go home. Cause most people go home. And so do you see people that are surprised when you go, let's just focus on breakfast and how many details that involves? Yes, absolutely. And I think the research shows when you map it out with clients, they're exponentially more successful Craig Rochelle wrote a book called Power to Change, and he pulled a, a research study from Great Britain in there. And basically, they had all these people that they told them to go exercise, and they broke them up into three groups. The first group said, go exercise. The second group said, go exercise and read about the benefits of exercise. Like, we don't know them already. Mm -hmm. And then the third group mapped out all the things. When are you going to exercise? Where are your clothes? Where, what are you going to do? Who are you going to meet? All those things. The results of that, 91% of the last group actually did the thing. 30 to 38% of the first two groups did it. So over double of the people were more yeah. successful with doing their goal when it was all mapped out. I think a lot of people also don't, don't plan for the obstacles that are going to happen, right? Like, okay, now I didn't go grocery shopping to get the thing or the breakfast mm -hmm. option that we planned all right, now what's plan B? And if you don't have plan B, then you just are like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. And then you fall off track. And then how long do you stay off track before you just kind of give up versus let's map out all the steps. So it's really easy. My goal is that when people leave our office, they don't have to think about anything else to actually complete the thing. They just have to do. If you do, ah, that action moves. That's so good. So the thinking is over. The thing like it's now done. we're, Yeah. Yeah. The thinking is over. So, and you're removing decisions. Like you've made the decision. So it's not every morning you go, well, I have to have the breakfast fight or I have to have the dinner fight or I have to have the snack fight. It's like, no, I've made the decision. This is what's happening. So now I can just focus on actually doing that. You mentioned um, a book by Craig Rochelle for you when it, for your own life, when it looks like you want to get better at something or do something different, what is, what's that process? Like, are you a big reader? Are you a, I have a co a business coach that helps me. What's the framework you have in your own life when it comes to being somebody who's high performing? I've been very intentional over the past six years to connect myself with people that were way smarter than me. Mm -hmm. Like that have done things to kind of fast track and stuff outside of the fitness space. The first mentor I hired was Donald Miller back in 2017, 2018. I was like, okay, I need to understand this marketing thing. And who's the person that's doing it really well. He looks like the person. All right, let me go take a deep dive into everything that's going on. Let me become a story brand certified coach mm -hmm. back in 2018 to figure out how do I fast track my progress so that I can help other people do the same thing. Um, so yes, books, but I really like connecting with people more. So like those in-person events, any chance I hired three mentors in Nashville over the past few years. I think I just really want to go to Nashville permanently. Everybody um, wants to be, <laughs> although don't you live in, you live in Florida? We live in South Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everybody moves to Florida or Texas or Nashville. So you're already in one sure. of the spots. So you hired three mentors. What did they, 
what did they do differently? Like, is it that you were like, I need a business one? I need like a marketing one. How, how did they fill different spots? Yeah, it was different seasons, right? So I was with Donna Miller for a really long time. Yep. Um, and then I was like, okay, my leadership, our team is growing. And if I don't level up my ability to yeah. lead people, yeah. I'm going to, I'm not going to take this company to where we could take this company. Yeah. So I, hi- I actually interviewed quite a few different people and ended up um, working with Michael Hyatt for a long time mm-hmm. because of his whole premise on work-life balance. And I thought that he was a really good leader. Um, so I, it was just different aspects of the business or me personally that I was like, where can I grow? How can I best support the goals that we want for the business and really to lead the team? How are you coming across that? Like you're, I think it's really interesting that you can tell you're assessing things fairly regularly. Like you're going, <laughs> okay, I've got these five things that I, five parts of my life that I'm, I've got a temperature check on regularly. Wow. My leadership, I've hit this as, you know, the John Maxwell, like leadership lid, like I've topped out. How are, what is the practical version of that look like? Are you a, like at the end of every month, I do a monthly review at the end of every week, like walk us like goal nerd out on like the stuff you're doing. Cause I know you're doing stuff. So one principle that I took from Michael Hyatt was this principle of like the big three. So three big initiatives, what are we focusing on? And then one of those is typically around what I need the most help with. Um, also just different seasons of life. Like I had a really strong desire to deepen my spiritual side and faith. Mm-hmm. And so I connected with our pastor and now she works out with me on a regular yep. basis, but she's helped me a ton too. So I think narrowing the focus to only accomplish a few things like few primary goals has helped me be able to figure out what do I need the most help with because there if I'm honest there are a million things that I could use a bunch of help with but I'm not gonna be able to take action on all those things so narrowing the focus has helped and then also whenever we have like a little tiny lull in the business I'm going back through like okay what can we do better to systemize to be able to when we do pick up take it to the next level are you a natural systems person or is that a thing that you were like, I can't get further without a good system. Time to go learn systems. Um, so I have a person on our team who is so great with systems. So yeah. I have these ideas and then she narrows the focus and makes it happen. Um, so that's been super helpful to bring on people on our team that we have opposite strengths and we work really well together, which has been really fun. <laughs> How many people are on your team right now? We have 24 people on the team. Uh, a majority of them are virtual. Sure. So 24. all over um, the world, really. When, when did you see, you know, kind of these inflection moments where you had to do, like we had reached the growth, the top growth of this. So I have to add this in order to grow. Like, was it, we got our first 10 clients and I realized, oh, I can't do it all. I need other people. Like, cause there's a lot of people listening to this right now that, either have a small business or like to start a small business yours. Did you go like, I've got so many questions about this. Did you start (laughs) full time or did you do it as a side hustle and it grew? Like, what was the journey like? I, so I moved down to South Florida, knew no one, um, started as a dietitian in the hospital from Gainesville. Gainesville, Gainesville, um, started as a dietitian in the hospital and thought I, that's what I wanted to do like help people get healthy, um, which is 
definitely what I wanted to do. But what I realized working in the hospital is the healthcare system is broken. And it was a revolving door. And I wasn't allowed to say certain things because the rules around what we could say and what we couldn't say and what we had to give clients. And I hated it. Um, but it gave me an opportunity to connect with some different doctors, some different pediatricians. I started the side hustle, Healthy Steps Nutrition in 2012. And then we, so it started as a nutrition company and met my husband at our, the CrossFit gym. We started traveling around to different CrossFit gyms and I was like teaching mm-hmm. nutrition. And then a gym, which this was, this changed the trajectory of, of our business. A gym in my hometown, Daytona Beach, asked if they could run our nutrition program. And I was like, mm, I have a secret sauce. At that point, I was the only dietitian. I had never trained yeah. another person. So I was like, how am I going to train someone that's not a dietitian to teach nutrition without a degree? And this is like kind of a no-no back. Like mm-hmm. dietitians are the only ones that can talk about nutrition. It's not true in my opinion. Um, so taught her how to do it. She started seeing really good results in her gym. Like she started, her clients started seeing good results. She added a revenue stream. There was a mentor at, that she was working with at the time was like, let me have Nicole on a podcast. This was like yeah. back in 2015. And within... A day of that podcast releasing, we had 30 gyms that had expressed interest. 50 gyms had signed up. And I was like, okay, I'm full-time at the hospital. I'm the only dietitian at our HQ location, which was inside of another gym. And my husband was working at the fire department. I'm like, okay, what what are we doing here? I need to take a pause. Um, And then then we mapped out the game plan of like, okay, as soon as I... Can we can meet this financial requirement. I'll leave the hospital and then be able to grow the team from there. Never in a million years would I expect that we had the team that we have today or be able to work with like the production company that you mentioned earlier. I mean, they've been an incredible help to us too. So just so well, let's kinda... pause on that for a second. You said <laughs> map out the plan, like which is an ama- like there's a lot there that I want to unpack for a second. So yeah. you're in this moment because because sometimes what I coach people, especially when they've got a side hustle, is like let the opportunity grow so big it pulls you toward it, not push your way to it. Because often like with photographers, somebody who have one good wedding season, they're like, screw my job. I'm going to be a full-time photographer. And then the next season isn't as good and they don't have enough clients. There's not enough financial runway. They attach every bill to that side hustle and it falls apart. So you guys are at this moment where you've got all these, all these clients signed up and you map out the plan. What does that look like? Is it you and your husband in a whiteboard? Is it you guys over a series of meals? Is it every time we walked that month, we talked about this? Like, give us a little bit of what you mean by mapped out a plan. Oh my goodness. I, I think it was all of it. If I'm honest, I think it yeah. was like every waking moment. I was so excited about it. I remember my husband being in the shower and it was like right around when the podcast got released, like probably that day. And I was like, Jay, what if we had 50 gyms that we were working with? Like I had this yeah. big vision of 50. Yeah. And he was like, Nicole, pipe down. Like, let's get the first one. And yeah. he has never doubted my crazy idea since then. <laughs> yeah. Because it's 4,500 uh, now. Yeah. Right. So the plan, if I'm honest, the plan really revolved around, let me put out version one and get feedback and tweak it along the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um I had talked to a gym owner yesterday that signed up with us in the in the beginning and he's taking a break and I was like, hey, the program is very different today than it was in 2015 yeah. when you signed up. And he was like blown away by the progress. I'm like, but I'm I'm 
very open to feedback. I talk to every single person that leaves. Like I want to provide a better experience so that we can impact more people. Because ultimately, my mission is to help people prevent and reverse chronic disease using a habit-based approach if we can deliver a professional experience and it's good quality and people see good results, then the impact is endless. So if somebody leaves your program, you talk to that person? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I book a call. I'm not scared of hard conversations. Like I'm perfectly fine with it. Like, Hey, I'm sorry, this didn't work out for you, but what would you have liked to see differently? Mm -hmm. How can we best support you to make sure it's a smooth transition? And if there is an opportunity, what can I do to help support you in the future? Most of the gyms that end up leaving us is because they don't have a nutrition coach that, mm-hmm. to run the program. The gym owner is wearing too many hats. I work with a lot of CrossFit gyms, although some other types of gyms. And most of the people that own CrossFit gyms have no business background. They opened a gym because they were... They loved it. They super loved CrossFit. passionate about CrossFit. Yep. And that was pretty much the extent. They kind of learned as as they went. And a lot of gym owners wear too many hats. So adding a nutrition coaching hat for them to deliver is just too much. Yeah. Would you say for a person like that, because I think that happens in almost any industry. Like I always say, I live in Nashville um, and I, there's musicians here. I always kind of joke that like you either catch a big break, which you can't control, or you become an entrepreneur and you become a successful musician that way, or you don't get to do music full time. Like those are kind of the three... And there's a lot. So like that second path, I believe is available to everybody. Like, okay, I can figure this out. But if I've got a passion, and we've kind of definitely moved into like the side hustle business side of things. But if I have a passion, and it's it could be photography, it could be music, it could be knitting. And I realize, oh, this is going to be a business and is going to require skills of me I don't currently possess. What would be your next step? Would you say, go find the Donald Miller, go find the part like, what, what would you say to that person? Or if I'm a CrossFit gym owner and I go, I love CrossFit. I'm the king of burpees and I like weighted one-arm swings, whatever, kettlebell swings, but I want to become a better businesswoman. What, what do you say? A couple of things. Number one, you, ha- you have to realize you can't do it all, especially in the CrossFit space. Like you can't be the janitor, the coach of all the classes, the marketing mm-hmm. person, the financial person, all of it. Following up a plead, something will fall through the cracks. So understanding that, finding people, yes, like the Donna Miller, but if in the gym space, you probably need to find someone in the gym space at first. And then once you've Mm -hmm. figured out your solid business around your gym, then go figure out, all right, what are the pieces that I can tweak to help take my business to the next level, right? I mean, when I started Healthy Steps Nutrition, I had been working in a private practice for 10 years before that. Mm -hmm. So I was even like in undergrad and grad school. So I had been working like under a dietitian for quite some time. And I learned some things that worked well. I learned some things that I wanted to change. But then I also sought out help. Like it's okay to ask for help when you don't know something, right? Instead of faking it. And I think the other piece is don't be scared to get it wrong. The amount of ideas that I've had that have failed, that's all right. Like you just move on. Yeah. So... You just move on. Are there other soundtracks or mantras that are kind of things you believe that have helped you with that? So like take tough feedback might be one. You just mentioned you you call the gym owners that are leaving. But what are some other, like in our house, we always joke, and this isn't ours. It's not unique to us. Like early is on time. Like 
Jenny says, criticism that costs nothing is worth nothing. Like if it's a comment on Instagram that took the person four seconds, that's that costs nothing. If it's a gym owner leaving, that costs a lot for them to do that. That conversation is valuable. You should receive that. But are there some other, when you look at, it could be your fitness, it can be the way you approach learning, the way you approach your marriage, whatever. Are there other soundtracks that kind of push you along? You know, honestly, soundtracks, your book really helps mm-hmm. me even just know and recognize being aware when there's not a good soundtrack coming in. Like, okay, nope, this is this is not true. Like, this is not helpful. Let's move on. This is something that we can change. Um, you know, not being scared to do hard things. Like, I push myself outside of my comfort zone often. I remember early in the career of the mentoring side when we started to help gym owners, I went to Canada to speak at an event. I never spoke at an event before, let alone international. I didn't own a gym at the time. I knew I had a nutrition program that was helping some people, but Hmm. I didn't really know anything more than that other than like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to give these people some nuggets to help them hopefully. And I'm going to leave and go my way. That door opened up relationships that I ended up getting connected with CrossFit. And if I would have not gone to Canada, I probably wouldn't have had those relationships to then start working with CrossFit HQ. And so that kicked you along the way. So it's that outside the comfort zone. Yeah. I really think, you know, don't be scared to do hard things. Like it's okay to mess up. You don't have to be perfect. I think so many times perfection paralyzes people and they feel like, oh, it's not a hundred percent perfect. I can't put it out. Like it doesn't have to be perfect in version one. Like you'll never have version 20. We don't start with version one. And part of your journey, it I would be it would be crazy if I didn't mention this. Part of your journey starts with your mom. And yeah. And and that can you talk to that a little bit? Because I think there's a lot of people, whether they want to get in shape, whether they want to start a business, there's often a personal journey that kind of kicks them into that. What was that for you? So when I was young, my mom was diagnosed with cancer and she breast cancer at first, and she had like the chemo, the radiation, all the stuff. Um, I, I mentioned before she was a really successful dentist. So like we didn't have sugar in our house, sugar wrapped your teeth. So mm-hmm. we ate pretty, pretty healthy. Um, but this, the cancer came back. And the second time around, her and my my mom and my dad did this like deep dive into alternative treatments and mm-hmm. healthy eating, like beyond just whole foods, like really healthy. They bought a hyperbaric chamber at one point. Um, like crazy things to help essentially extend her life. And she lived five years longer than the doctor said she would. But ultimately, she lost that that battle with cancer. And you know, I think the when it came back around the second time, I realized I got to spend a lot of extra years with my mom because of a lot of different factors, but it wasn't the conventional way to treat cancer at the time. It was all the other stuff. And I knew nutrition was really important. But if I'm honest, I had no idea nutrition was even the field. Like, they didn't go see a dietitian. I didn't even know a dietitian existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I cheered in college, we had some disordered eating patterns. I could say that. Mm-hmm. And the coach sent us all to a dietitian. And it was that day that I walked out of that office. And I was like, okay. I can help people with nutrition. I already knew the power of nutrition from like the disease prevention standpoint. And yeah, I really wanted to be able to, to do that um, and make a career out of it. 
And so you saw it help your mom. You saw it help other girls on the, the cheerleading squad. So there's this kind of momentum gathering um, about something you're really passionate about. I'm curious, what's your, and it's, this is such a, I don't like this word average day or phrase average day because no day is necessarily average, but what's your schedule like? Are you a, you know what, I'm up at 4 a.m., I'm doing like, give us the rough, like Nicole in a week is like, I try to work X amount of hours, I'm in the gym, like, because it sounds like you constantly are accomplishing things. Like, I think there's going to be people that listen to this that are like, oh my gosh, she had three mentors just in Nashville alone. Like, she must have 400 mentors on file. Like, what does a average week, average kind of work frame look like for you? I will preface this with it's evolved over the years as we've grown mm-hmm. our team and realized, like, what are their passions and how can I help them and what makes the most sense for me and our business? Uh, I wake up between 5 and 5.30 typically mm-hmm. every morning. Um, and I try to do like a devotional kind of journal. Mm-hmm. Does it happen every single morning? No, definitely on Wednesdays I go to church. So like that's guaranteed. And then at least two or three other days during the week. 7 a.m. workouts are guaranteed. I'll do my 7 a.m. workout. And then I come back, shower, drop the kids off. Um, and then typically... I'm either writing content, recording podcasts, or um, doing something along the lines of like content creation. That's a lot of my role in the business now. And then I still do a little tiny bit of the mentoring and the training process with gyms, but that's the only thing that I'm really involved with, uh, Mm -hmm. with the day-to-day client stuff. And then I do all the free calls. Not all. Yeah. All the free calls with gym owners who are interested. So I screen everybody that wants to partner with us. Okay. So... If a gym is part wanting to partner with us, then I talk to them to make sure we're a good fit, we're aligned, and then I'll invite them to come into our program. We have a team of dietitians at our HQ location now, so I've stepped away from a lot of like the client-facing stuff. And honestly, they're better at it than I am. They're more passionate about it. They're like in the weeds with all the hormone health and gut health and all the things. Yeah. Um, so they're they're really great. And then the other piece of the puzzle that I work on with in our company is the partnerships. So like different partnerships that we have, I typically will work with companies to see, are we aligned? Is this a good fit? And what could we potentially do together? So the pre-calls, do you do those because you're the face of what you're doing? You're doing, you said, okay, I'm creating all the content. So people are expecting that. Or is it because that keeps you connected to the mission? Is it a little of both? Like, because a lot of a lot of CEOs would have dropped that part of what they're doing. Yeah, You've, you're still doing it. What what uh, makes you want to still do it? Why am I still doing it? That's a great question. And honestly, I've passed it off a couple times and I've brought it back. Um, I really love talking to gym owners. I love talking mm-hmm. to them about what they're wanting and their passions. And I still want to be super connected. I brought it all back on during COVID when I wasn't traveling and speaking at events. So I could probably take taper off on some of that stuff for me personally. But there was a point in the business that I had backed away from all talking to clients, talking to people, potential people that were working with us. And I was miserable because that Mm -hmm. was like the path of what I was supposed to do as the CEO. Like, oh, you can't be involved. Your hourly rate is worth it. No, you you have to have people that do that. Yeah, yeah. I've I've gone through that. I hate that. I don't believe that. I think you need to figure out what are you most passionate about? What are you Mm -hmm. excited about doing? And what are you really good at? 
stay in that lane and then find other people to help support all the other roles that are really passionate and really good at the other parts of your business. Yeah, that that's funny you say that because there's been times where there's been small pieces that I've been like, ah, somebody else can write this, somebody, and it's my favorite part. And I never really am like, mm, I'm gonna. And there are people that are like, you don't, you should be only be writing books. And I'm like, but it's still something that a lot of people could potentially see. I want to write it. That's so funny that you you recognize that too. All right, last two questions. These are easy. Um, you were already prepared for this one. Um, <laughs> Because in part because you listened to some episodes before, because of course, she, of course she did, and two, I told you before we started. But if you had to say, here's all, here's the books on my Mount Rushmore of books. So it can be fiction, nonfiction. Um, it can be four books. It can be one book. Another way I sometimes ask it is, what's a book you've given away more than any other? But what are what are some books if somebody listening to this right now is like, I like the way she thinks. I maybe I'm not ready to find a mentor yet, but if if there's a book recommendation, we'd love to hear it. All right, two paths. One path is, hey, I've got fitness and health goals. Atomic yep. Habits and The Power to Change are two kind of similar books, just The Power to Change has a more faith-based twist to it. Mm-hmm. And then Soundtracks is actually the book that I've given away more than any other book. Love hearing that. Babies Need Shoes. So, buy buy yeah, it in bulk. Exactly. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, so that's for the like health, personal side for the business side, building your story brand is a really good book for business owners in regards to marketing, clarifying your message. I think that's a really great book. I haven't read the book that you and Don talked about a couple weeks ago on the podcast. So I'll have to listen to that one. The Pumpkin Plan was also a really good book. Oh, is that by um, Mike? Um, Michalowicz? Yeah, Michalowicz. I always uh-huh. mispronounce his name. He's been on the podcast, but I still mispronounce his name. He's, I got to spend the day with him, um, through a mentoring group. Uh, he, yeah. he's a smart guy. But yeah, yeah, he's, he's great. super smart. And then the one book that I will say that's helped with speaking and how I craft like different keynotes is communicating for change by Andy Stanley. I think that's oh, a, yeah. he has a really good framework and although it's faith-based and meant for pastors, I think it's a really good book. That's an old book too. That book's like 25 years old now. Like that one's been around for a while. Like, yeah, I, rem- I read that one. We went to his church when we lived in Atlanta. So that was one that, uh, that I read. Yeah, that's a, no one's mentioned that one yet. You picked out a couple that sometimes people say one, like books that other people have said, like War of Art has been said a lot by Stephen Pressfield, mostly by me, but also about, by a bunch of other people. But those are great <laughs> additions to our list. Last question, where can people find out more about what you do, who you are, et cetera? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Nicole underscore HSN or RDHSN and Healthy Steps Nutrition is the other Instagram handle. HealthyStepsNutrition.com is where you can find us. Nutrition Made Simple. I have a podcast. You were on it. Um, I was. So maybe we like that in the show notes. Yeah. That's one of Perfect. my favorites. <laughs> well, this was super fun, Nicole. I knew you'd have, again, I knew you'd have a bunch of things you did that you would because I know how humble you are, you'd say, oh, well, then we just ma- mapped out a plan and now we have 4,500 gyms. And I'd, I'd go, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Like you left being a dietitian, your husband was a firefighter. Like there's a lot of things that you did that were really challenging in there. And I knew that would encourage a lot of folks listening. So thank you for joining our summer school series. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Nicola Coyne today. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. They're super, super encouraging. Please make sure you like or subscribe or follow whatever it is the kids are saying these days. 
I'll be back next Monday with a brand new episode. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.